When I was reading some of these descriptions about the murder of Paul Stein, I was forced to challenge a lot of the things that I had believed about the Zodiac Killer, and I'm going to say some of this in the AMA section, where it says that the Zodiac did not move the bodies of the victims, because a lot of people have these um, theories that they're going to put out there about how they think this murder is connected to the Zodiac Killer. They think that uh, the Zodiac was responsible for this type of sexual assault or this type of um, other illegal activity. But the fact of the matter is, for the majority of the cases, the Zodiac did not move the bodies of the victims. The exception is the murder of Paul Stein, when the Zodiac is fumbling around in the taxi cab, taking Paul Stein's keys and wallet, as well as a piece of Paul Stein's bloody shirt. And if you look at the image of the shirt, you can see that it has been cut from the backside and has been um, cut in a rather neat rectangle. A lot of the time, um, I would get, or I guess I should say frequently, I would receive this question, was Paul Stein's shirt cut? or ripped, because ripped seems like something that would be done very hastily, whereas if the shirt was cut with a knife, then that seems much more premeditated or calculated, because some people think that the Zodiac took that piece of Paul Stein's shirt, not to mail it in with the letters, but instead to uh, wipe down the taxi cab. And um, the Zodiac definitely did wipe down the taxi cab, but um, then the shirt was mailed in with the letters later on, but because of how neatly it is cut, I think that the Zodiac wanted to do this intentionally to mail the shirt in with the um, letters. Whatever he was using to wipe down the taxi cab with, I think was um, just something that was thought of later on, or that wasn't the sole motivation for cutting that piece of Paul Stein's shirt. Now, as far as moving Paul Stein's body goes, now, the witnesses said they appeared to see the Zodiac cradling Paul Stein in his lap for a second while he's stealing these items like the car keys and the wallet. Well, I don't think that's happening because just reading this police report, my overall, the overwhelming reaction that I had was that what the Zodiac is doing is he's taking the items, but he's not cradling Paul Stein in his lap. Instead, Paul Stein's body is tipping over. He was shot in the right side of the head by the ear, and then the Zodiac is pushing him to the floorboards. I think that's what was really happening. He's pushing the body toward the floorboards of the car so that blood wouldn't get on his clothes, because they're saying that you know, put out this um, APB on this guy who should have blood all over his body. In reality, I don't think the Zodiac would have had all that much blood on his pants because he pushed Paul Stein's body to the floor of the car. Then blood wouldn't get on his pants, so when he's walking out, he's not going to leave any major trail of blood. And I also have something to um, share about this because they said the Zodiac is wearing a parka-like jacket. Now, at Lake Berryessa, in these police reports here from Zodiac, Just the Facts, it says that the Zodiac was seen wearing a dark-colored windbreaker, maybe navy blue, royal blue, some type of dark-colored windbreaker. And my response to that was, I thought that, oh, well, this guy must have had it in his pocket. I used to carry a windbreaker in my pocket, you know, because you can scrunch it up and shove it down into your pocket, especially when you got like baggy cargo pants or something, it's really easy and it's really uh, helpful when you've got 
those misty days that aren't really rainy and so on, I think you can get the idea. You just pull it out and you put it on. So when the Zodiac was exiting Lake Berryessa, as well as coming in, but also when he's leaving, he can just take off the windbreaker and slide it into his pocket. And as far as wearing this parka-like jacket, is it possible at all that the Zodiac Killer took off the jacket and um, was, when he shot Paul Stein, you know, he's getting blood spatter, blood transfer, and then he can just clean up his face in a second and then throw on the parka jacket, which might would have had far less blood transfer from shooting a person at point-blank range, and as well as if he's uh, touched Paul Stein's body at all and he's uh, pushing him to the floorboards of the car, then he's um, going to hide the blood evidence in a lot of ways. That's very methodical. Um, there was this one comment that had been written on a Zodiac forum that the murder of Paul Stein is the least sophisticated. He just killed a taxi driver. And then I read off something that Thomas Horan had sent me and like one of our correspondences, and he said... The murder of Paul Stein shows the highest level of crime scene awareness. And which one is it? I definitely have to agree with the latter. The highest level of crime scene awareness. All of these uh, methods that are done not to get blood on his clothes so he can just walk away and not get recognized. I mean, imagine if someone's walking down the street with blood all over their clothes. I don't care if it's at... 9.55 p.m., 1 o'clock in the morning, clear as day, dark of night, people are going to notice some guy if he's walking past them with blood all over his clothes. So there's a lot of crime scene awareness, but also um, this goes to show you that the, the Zodiac is someone who is probably a pure sociopath, maybe a born psychopath, and that was something that we also discussed in the correspondences, and it's because of this, treating Paul Stein's body like an object, and the ability to walk away in such a calm and collected fashion. You heard that description. There was not an ounce of um, hurrying in this person's nature. Like, to do that, the person must have been a sociopath. Whoever shot Paul Stein, whatever Zodiac theory you have, he was someone who didn't have much of a conscience, if any at all, probably none. So that's something that I would also have kind of in conclusion after looking at these police reports for Lake Herman Road, Blue Rock Springs, Lake Berryessa, and the Paul Stein murder. If there is a single perpetrator, he's probably five foot ten, five foot ten and a half. It may be age 35 to 45, I do agree with that. Someone who has had, um, I guess, just a lot of rejection from society, definitely from his parents, that's where it all begins, but someone who is a recluse, someone who isn't involved with a lot of social circles, someone who is a rejected lover, he wants to be with people, he's very jealous of the people who are at lovers' lanes, or just couples, David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen, Mike Majot and Darlene Farron, and Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard. The Stein murder is an enormous change from that, it's an enormous deviation, because there's no woman present. Some people think that Paul Stein was murdered because the Zodiac wanted to prove that he could murder a male. I mean, Mike Majot survived Blue Rock Springs and Brian Hartnell survived Lake Berryessa, but then 
uh, the Zodiac wanted to prove that he could kill a man just as easily as a woman, even though David Faraday was already murdered. Some, I mean, that's just speculation. That's just theorizing that other people have done. So another motivation for the Stein murder is it could have been relevant to uh, mathematical signatures. That was Gareth Penn's theory, that he wanted this to all line up with a series of angles. And Michael Cole talks about this in a different way, that the Zodiac wanted to commit a crime in a certain area, and it wanted to, he wanted some crimes to be committed by gun, some by knife. Maybe there were also additional crimes that were committed by rope or by fire, which is what we learned about from the Zodiac Halloween card, as well as the car door at Lake Berryessa. And it's also lining up with astronomical events. And Well, I'll talk more about that on the Astro Psych 400 channel. But in conclusion, I think there are major commonalities among all of the crime scenes. The witness descriptions aren't varying too much. What's really different is the calibers of the guns or that different handguns are used at every time. You have a twenty two, two different nine millimeters, and then at Lake Berryessa, the Zodiac may have been carrying a forty five, so said Brian Hartnell. And that um, relates to seeing a series of images. Okay, did it look like this gun? Did it look like that gun? Oh, it looked like that one. Well, that was a forty-five, and the knife that was used um, to commit that crime. The only confirmed Zodiac incident that was committed by knife, although some people do believe that the murder of Sherry Joe Bates in 1966 was a genuine Zodiac crime committed by knife. Now, right now, I would like to um, end this part uh, here. Thank you to everyone who has listened to this book discussion, and thank you to Tom Foyt who provided me with my copy of Zodiac Killer, Just the Facts. And I would like to move on to the AMA, the Ask Me Anything. And first, I would like to give a shout out to Jacob Wilbers, who has been corresponding with me at Black Box Online Radio at AOL.com. Anybody can write the show there. You can also download the show for free at Launchpad 1, formerly known as Launchpad DM. A link is in the description box. But Jacob and I have been talking about a show called The Bible Geek. And before you're just like, I don't ever want to hear about politics or religion, this is definitely Zodiac-focused. Because the first um, question that, so that uh, Jacob asked me was, can you write out a summary of this idea that the Zodiac wrote in the 408 cipher that those who I have killed will be my slaves in paradise or in more direct terms? When I die, I will be reborn in paradise, and those whom I have killed will be my slaves. And he had heard on this channel that I talked about how that was from Filipino folklore traditions. I first learned about that from Thomas Henry Horan when I was reading The Myth of the Zodiac Killer and listening to him in interviews. But it is mentioned in the police reports in Zodiac Killer Just the Facts that that belief system that if someone kills somebody, when they die, they'll be reborn in paradise and that person will become their slave. So Jacob sent that in to a podcast called The Bible Geek to get a response from, you know, like an, a, a show that's discussing religious scholarship and traditions and looking at it from an academic perspective. And when I listened to the episode that the guy put out, I think his name is Richard Price. I only heard two episodes of the show, which Jacob shared with me. There's a very small segment on it or else I would just... um. I would give you guys a link, but he only talked about it for about maybe three minutes, and he didn't say anything about the Filipino connection. What he talked about instead was there was a belief in the religious tradition of ancient Egypt that if somebody like a pharaoh were to kill somebody, or, or that when the pharaoh dies... 
the slaves will also go to him in paradise. Let's forget the word killing. That's what, what's more important is the Pharaoh's going to be reborn in paradise and that his slaves from this life are going to be with him in paradise. So that is um something that he said. Maybe the Zodiac is trying to be a Pharaoh-like individual, but really not going into a lot of... Uh, detail on the subject. So then I got a second message from Jacob Wilbers, who said something, though, about uh, about this guy, Richard Price, and those comments there. A lot of listening to him, meaning uh, the guy from the Bible Geek, is why I discount Thomas Henry Horan and that Joe guy. Horan just rubs me the wrong way. He seems like a grifter. To me, Joe seems like a nice guy. He used to be a military police officer, and I think he misses the power of that position that it affords you, and being the good guy. They just scream torturous reasoning to me. I'm going to keep trying to find out anything more about the Filipino connection. I'm starting to think that some cop working on the police report was misinformed. All right, this email goes on for a while. But let's look at that right there, um, because there's a lot here. Firstly, that Joe guy is, of course, Joe from the Zodiac Killer Insight series, who believes that Gareth Penn was the Zodiac Killer. Now, I have to be honest with you guys. When I read this um, line, Thomas Henry Horn just rubs me the wrong way. He seems like a grifter. I laughed a lot harder than I should have at that. It was one of those kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like one of those really unnecessary, awkward laughs. But um, that was... <laughs> okay, now, I'm going to retain my composure right now. And um, no, I don't think Thomas Horan is a grifter, the author of The Myth of the Zodiac Killer, the Great Zodiac Killer Hoax series, the guy who thinks that there wasn't a single person who committed the murders in 68 and 69, that these were unconnected crimes that somebody wrote letters taking credit for, and the explanation in the past for the Stein murder was that it was a taxicab robbery gone wrong, or you, somebody committed the murder of Paul Stein to rob the taxi, and they did. They stole his wallet. It was a real robbery. The Zodiac, um, or whoever committed the murder of Paul Stein, did commit a taxicab robbery, but, like, was this the same guy who committed these other murders and wrote the letters, or was it this just a taxicab robbery committed by somebody named Hesham Zayed? a Jordanian immigrant who worked in a restaurant nearby. So, um, no, I don't think Thomas Horan is a grifter. Instead, we have to always remember that he is a media player. Prior to the Zodiac hoax series and the myth of the Zodiac Killer and doing his show, The Stones Unturned Podcast, he was a music journalist. He was a political blogger who had 200,000 subscribers, which is not an easy thing to do. He was a stand-up comedian. So he's very familiar with how to make an impact in the world of media, how to make a splash, how to get people to listen to you. And that's what I think it is. And he presents his material in that way, wherein he's um trying to draw a crowd. That That's the, perhaps the better way of phrasing it. He knows how to draw a crowd. But I don't know about you guys. That means nothing to me. I don't care about any of that, any type of media persuasion tactics. What I wanted to know was, is his theory correct or not? Did he get the right answer to the Zodiac Killer mystery or not? And I said very clearly, 
after the Lake Herman Road and Blue Rock Springs episodes, I can't disprove them. And I'm disappointed in myself for that. I can't just go through the police reports and be like, oh, here's where he went wrong. Normally, I can with other theories. I can't all, I also can't disprove the single perpetrator's theory and be like, no, this was not a single person. Here's why. Many times when I've done Zodiac Killer book discussions on this channel, I have been able to say those things. Like, I've been able to show people how there could be blatant or incorrect misinterpretations. There could be just genuine cases when someone has misunderstood a particular passage, or they're like, oh, they're trying to interpret this evidence, but they're doing it in the in, in the wrong way. Like, their observations are inaccurate. And I'm not right all the time, but like I get ideas for stuff and I try to connect dots. No, I can't say the hoax theory is wrong from reading these police reports, and I can't say the single perpetrator theory is wrong, because the Zodiac Killer, if there was a single guy, was really good at messing with evidence. He was really good at being confusing, and some people think that the murder of Paul Stein was just that. It was meant to show criminal versatility. It was meant to confuse the authorities. All right, everyone's thinking this guy's targeting lovers' lanes. Now let's do something different. Everybody's watching out for couples. Now let's do something different. And there's, that's it. This five foot ten, thirty-five year old, whatever, he uh, went about his crimes that way. So I'm a, uh, I'm really um, kind of underwhelmed even with myself that I'm not able to get um, a direct answer as far as um. That guy, Joe, as I said, Joe hosts the Zodiac Killer Insights series, which you can hear on YouTube. Um, I've interviewed both Thomas Horan and Joe. I think they're both genuine believers in their case. Um, I didn't know that Joe was a military police officer. I knew that he spent time in the South African Defense Forces as a Portuguese linguist. He's originally from Portugal and lives in Australia. And um, I have exceptions to both of those, their theories that um, Gareth Penn was the Zodiac Killer or the Zodiac Hoax. Um, so I, I just invite you to listen to both their channels, The Stones Unturned and um, the Zodiac Killer Insights series. And I would like to go on to the next comment, which was also sent in to the email here. And this is from David Payne, who wrote and said, Hey, Ned, just stumbled across the video below. On YouTube, it seems convincing. Not sure I buy the stuff about tattooing teeth, though. Apologies if you have already seen this. If you have not, it's called Arthur Lee Allen Identified Zodiac Killer, posted by ZNN Zodiac News Network. Thanks, Dave. And I much appreciated from David, who wrote into the channel. So I watched that video. And the long story short is, that one is going to try to link Arthur Lee Allen to a murder that took place 40 years ago. And I'll just read off the description. And this is going to be talking about somebody who is known as Valentine Sally. You know how sometimes they have like a John Doe or a Jane Doe case? And they get a different type of name, like Marcia King was un unidentified for many years, and she was known as the Buckskin Girl. Most people are just known as John Doe or Jane Doe, but um, I was even watching America's Most Wanted as a kid, and the first time I learned about this was that there was this girl who was found, and she had a tattoo of a daisy on her uh, body, and they referred to her as Daisy Jane Doe, and... Um, 
I didn't, that was how I learned about what a John Doe and a Jane Doe was actually from America's Most Wanted. Big thank you to John Walsh. But yeah, there was a murder that took place with someone who was given the pseudonym Valentine Sally. And I'll read the description from ZNN. Breaking news. Arthur Lee Allen, identified by the only eyewitness in the Arizona Valentine Sally murder case. Patty Wilkins has positively identified Arthur Lee Allen as the man who was with murder victim Valentine Sally, recently identified as Carolyn Eaton. The murder occurred 40 years ago. Upon identifying Allen from a lineup, Wilkins' first words were, It's him. I've waited 40 years to see that face again. It's him. It's him. So that's their um, thesis to the episode, that Arthur Lee Allen, the prime suspect in the Zodiac Killer mystery, also committed another murder, and that was of Carolyn Eaton, who was known as Valentine Sally for a long time, until she was identified through um, forensic uh, testing of sorts. I did watch the video in its entirety, more than once actually, and I am so... Um, I don't even know if I have the correct word other than it's it's borderline outrageous like what they're doing in that video. I don't think they have an ounce of credibility because if I can give you 100% what I genuinely believe, they have a composite sketch after this uh, crime took place because they saw somebody, this witness, Patty Wilkins, saw someone with the girl who would go on to be known as Valentine Sally Carolyn Eaton, they have a composite sketch of a guy who was wearing a cowboy hat, and I don't think he looks anything like Arthur Lee Allen. I think they just found some guy with rounded cheekbones and a low-hanging face, and, I mean, that's what the sketch is of, and they're just like, hey, there's some way somehow they can match this to Arthur Lee Allen. So... I think that not only is it a stretch, it's nearly impossible that Alan is in the composite sketch. No, crazier things have happened, oh yes, but I don't believe it for a second that Arthur Lee Allen committed this murder of Carolyn Eaton. I mean, people try to connect so many crimes to Arthur Lee Allen, particularly the Santa Rosa hitchhiker slayings, and going on this um, composite alone, as well as the eyewitness sighting by uh, Patty Wilkins 40 years later, insufficient evidence. That's just my take on the subject. I would definitely like to learn more about the uh, disappearance and murder of Carolyn Eaton, who was known as Valentine Sally for uh, many years. Okay, though, um, you may have heard, though, one additional line in David's email when he said, I don't believe the stuff about tattooing the teeth. Now, what they did was they, the guys who do the show, ZNN, Zodiac News Network, it's a channel you can watch here on YouTube, they did some forensic investigating, and they claimed that the Zodiac killer was tattooing messages on the teeth of people, and they're zooming in, and they're showing things that look like a cartoon face or a little squiggly face that has been tattooed on the teeth of victims. I also will entirely refute this, saying I don't believe that these things are accurate, because the Zodiac did not do things to the victims post-mortem, with the exception of moving Paul Stein's body in the taxi cab so he could steal the keys, the wallet, maybe another piece of the shirt or something like that, finish cutting off the, the shirt and so on. But um, 
one of the reasons why the wallet could have been taken is the Zodiac simply wanted the police to think that it was a taxi cab robbery, so it would give him some time to uh, get away, or they're not going to think, hey, this is the Zodiac killer. No, they're going to think, oh, it's a taxi cab robbery. But um, anyway, that is just uh, something that you know I've thought about over the years. But the Zodiac didn't tattoo a message on Paul Stein's teeth, now did he? Or even if there is something that looks like a tattoo on Paul Stein's teeth, how would you prove that it wasn't a dentist or something? I mean, I I don't believe that there's any there any type of um, post-mortem things done to any of the bodies, because that's not what the Zodiac Killer did. He snuck up on people, he fired some gunshots, and he disappeared. He had a conversation with Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard, and he stabbed them, and then he walked away. So, the Zodiac didn't mess with the bodies post-mortem. Someone once also shared with me um, an interview from some guy named Fillmore Slim, who was a pimp who worked in the 1960s and 70s, and they were even talking about one, how one of his girls was murdered by the Zodiac Killer, and he said, yes, all the blood was drained from her body. I also do not believe that was a Zodiac Killer victim. Anything that involves intense modification, mutilation, or abuse to the bodies post-mortem, Anything. I'll just cover it right now. I don't believe that's genuine Zodiac activity. All right, so going on to our um, next comment. This is on the episode about Michael Cole's book, The Zodiac Revisited, Volume 2, and it's from Justice, who writes, What do you think about the possibility that there was a separate killer and letter writer, with the killer not being 100% honest with the letter writer about how many victims there were. Um, and by 100% honest, I think you mean that the Zodiac was actually murdering more people than just the five canonical victims, but someone else is writing the letters, and that person is only aware of five victims. You know, these things like Arthur Lee Allen committed the murders, Don Cheney wrote the letters, and Arthur Lee Allen's actually down in Arizona murdering Valentine Sally, murdering Carolyn Eaton, committing the Santa Rosa hitchhiker slayings, and Don Cheney doesn't know anything about that. He's just writing the letters for the five canonical victims, and as well as the murder of Sherry Jo Bates, the murder of Nikki Benedict, all those crimes are attributed to Allen. I've talked a lot about the partnership theory or the separate letter writer theory, but it's the first time I've heard this one that uh, the letter writer might not have had knowledge of all the crimes. I think that there's a very strong piece of weight for um, a separate letter writer, and that would explain a lot of things about why it's so hard to track down DNA to a single person. Or it would also explain why you could build a case against somebody but always have these giant plot holes in it, or something just won't add up more than one person. Now, also, I want to talk about the multiple killers theory for a second. It's not impossible. Absolutely not. It could have happened that way. I mean, that's just it, though. I can't prove or disprove it only by the police reports in Zodiac Killer, just the facts. I did ask you guys a challenge question, though, and, um... I said, though, in the episode on Michael Cole's book, The Zodiac Revisited, Volume 2, that the Zodiac referred to the victims as kids. I also killed those kids last year. Goodbye. That. 
And um, I said something that Michael Cole had uh, written in his book, that if the Zodiac is referring to the victims as kids, is he someone mid-30s to early 40s, or is he somebody in his 20s or even late teens, like Louis Myers, who was a suspect in his teen years at age 17 and 18? And that was just a question I threw out to you. And here's a response from classic Chevy Cat, who says, As for the term kids, it had been my experience that all ages use that. I had friends age 16 call the rest of our gang kids. Okay, um, I think that that's fair. And I even brought up some examples when I've heard people who were my age refer to me as a kid. Sometimes, or maybe at least once in my memory, someone who was very much younger than I was, still referred to me as a kid. He's like, Ned, you seem like a cool kid. I'm like, I'm never talking to you again. And I didn't. But um, on to our next comment here. This one is from Mad Dr. Freeze, who says something on the episode about the uh, book, The Zodiac Killer, Just the Facts, that we were talking here. Ned, I waited to listen to this cast. Facts mentioned are right over the years, and um, the movie JFK can send your mind tripping in a way, and the acting is David Ferry. Now, do you mean something like, are you trying to draw some connection to David Faraday in that? I mean, that's just a kind of how it ends. The actor is David Ferry. I mean, are you trying to say there's some type of JFK Zodiac connection? That one, I don't really have much of a response. I would have to say no until I can see something um, convincing to another way. Kelly Gable has a comment on the C32Z13 solution episode when he says, Paradise is spelled with a C on purpose. Like I've said a million times, it's a clue to his identity. And um, one person that would agree with you there is Drew Beeson, who is the author of the book Citing In on the Zodiac Killer. And his suspect is not Arthur Lee Allen, but Donald Lee Cheney. Maybe Allen had some limited involvement, but... The paradise that uh, Kelly was talking about is P-A-R-A-D-I-C-E. The Zodiac liked to use this word. Don Cheney had a relative named Mary Martha Paradise, who spelled her name that way, P-A-R-A-D-I-C-E. And um, Dragar says, I think that Thomas Horan just wanted to ruin the party for everyone. As I said before, ruin the party or not, I don't care. I wanted to know... Is his theory correct or not? The same way that I would want to know about anybody else's theory, whether it's that one about Gareth Penn or Don Chaney or Tom Voigt's theory about Richard Gajkowski. Which one is correct? I mean, even if it's one that I wouldn't find to something like I've said a hundred times, I don't think Ross Sullivan was the Zodiac Killer. I don't think any of these Ross Sullivan theories have any um, merit to them. But if I'm wrong, I'll accept it. I just want the truth. Oh, we have a comment from Playtime who says, Excellent discussion, BBOR. Faraday and Farron were killed on a Friday. Shepard and Stein were killed on a Saturday. But is that just another coincidence? Well, maybe. I mean, there's definitely some alliteration going on there. But I would like to thank everybody who has listened to this episode here, and one more time, we've reached the conclusion of our book discussion on Zodiac Killer, Just the Facts, which has been assembled by Tom Voigt, and also you can download this show for free at Black 
Box Online Radio. That's the name of the show, of course, at Launchpad1, and there's a link to that in the description box. And you can also follow the show on Facebook, Black Box Online Radio. Anybody can write the show at blackboxonlineradio at AOL.com. And I will probably put out some type of um, publicity thing for this new astrology thing that's coming out, Astro Psych 400. Really what I want to do is I want to um, put out the first video, like, in the BDOR format where it's going to be like a series of images and I'm narrating it. But I'm also going to try and do something unbelievable, which is appear on camera. I mean, I do that on the Instagram journal, the bonus podcast that I'm always rambling on about. So you can um, listen to um, it in two different ways, and I'm going to see how people respond to that. And then decide if I want to complete the series like a podcast with images or complete the series appearing on video. But I do want to emphasize that Black Box Online Radio is not going away. Astro Psych 400 is just meant to be... A series of 12 videos about the 12 different zodiac signs. I mean, that's what I'm aiming for. But um, I also have a book coming out later this year called Killer on a White Horse, which is going to be a novel, a murder mystery. And Colonel Reb gave the suggestion, why don't you call it The White Horse Killer? And the reason why is The White Horse Killer is the name of a fictional serial killer that is mentioned in the novel, which is the um, center folk the central focus of the mystery and i wanted to um give the title a little bit more flavor and i said something though in a previous episode when i said i thought the title was a little bit lame even though i named it myself killer on a white horse the only reason i said that was when you say killer on a white horse it sounds like you're saying kill her on a white horse but um i, I think i'm kind of sold on this one it's kind of just the name that the project ended up uh, connecting with, for me anyway, but that will be coming out later this year. However, it will only be released electronically, so it's a great time to get your smartphones and tablets ready, and I'll do something much um, much bigger for that once it's uh, actually in the post-production stages, if you will. Thank you to everybody who has listened, liked, subscribed, followed the show on Facebook and Instagram, and just listened to me ramble on about true crime and other subjects. All right, I will see you guys in the future. And for now, see you on Instagram for the bonus podcast. Until next time.